compared with the physical cash transactions that missed month-end cutoff so much easier. And we have a bit more discipline now around people reviewing the preliminary reports. Welcome to Actualizing Success. In this podcast series, our in-house advisors discuss today's finance and technology topics with an emphasis on solutions that embrace tomorrow. Thank you for joining us today for the fourth episode of Actualizing Success podcast. This week, we have a member of our treasury practice and an actualized consulting client to discuss how multilateral netting streamline diverse sales intercompany cash flows. Our guest stars on the podcast today are manager Craig Chapman and diverse global treasury manager Mark Layton. Craig and Mark, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for having us. So before we get started, first I wanted to make sure our listeners have a good understanding of what multilateral netting is. Craig, could you give us an overview? Yeah, absolutely, Carrie. So multilateral netting is a process where companies establish a netting center, and that becomes the central party to all intercompany transactions with other participants, thus eliminating the need for multiple bilateral transactions. The approved participants in this process are typically internal, but in some cases, the netting program can be extended to external parties, for example, third-party suppliers. Uh, So one of the things to point out is we're going to call the subsidiaries participants. And what that means is they've been approved to participate in the netting uh, process. Um, So usually you're going to set up a netting cycle. So during the month or another agreed upon netting cycle duration, uh, sometimes it could be quarterly. Most of the times it's monthly. Uh, the multilateral payments between participants are consolidated, offset, and then reduced to a single transaction for each participant. And that's either a to or a from uh, the netting center. Uh, and those are via accounts that we set up uh, at the netting center, and they can be linked to either physical accounts or internal accounts for settlement. Uh, the netting cycle uh, settings will control when invoices can be entered, and when the cycle closes and then ultimately settles either internally or physically. Uh, Netting is uh, usually processed as either payables based, and that's where the payer inputs purchase invoices, or it could be receivables based, uh, where the receiver inputs the sales invoices. For each participant, it will be required to decide on settling either internally or externally, or whether the participant can be part of the program at all. Uh, in In some cases, there are legal restrictions regarding netting, uh, you know, in summary, netting will reduce the cost of making payments and bring structure and discipline to the intercompany process. And we'll highlight a few more of those benefits as we go forward in the podcast. Thanks, Craig. That was definitely very helpful. And I know multilateral netting has been really increasing with our client base as well. Do you have any success stories from our clients? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for many companies, netting has uh, been able to provide better visibility to the intercompany FX exposures and the cash balances. Uh, in some cases, uh, clients have reduced their invoice volume from handling 90,000 down to uh, a single transaction per participant, which really increases the effectiveness of your reconciliation. Uh, it also lowers their transaction costs by reducing the number of external payments. Uh, a lot of times, another side benefit was clients were able to reduce the number of funding requests and manual requires uh, manual wires that were requested, uh, and at the same time, it was minimizing all the cross-border uh, transfers, which uh, significantly reduces the.
payment risk. Some clients that also utilize uh, the in-house bank also saw a significant reduction of physical intercompany settlements by optimizing an in-house bank structure within the netting program. And that allowed them to settle internally instead of sending out a physical payment for each participant. So it was a, a great benefit. Great. Thanks so much. What types of organizations would benefit from implementing multilateral netting? Um, it's not always the case, but in general, they're large multinationals with complex legal structures uh, within the intercompany balances across uh, a lot of countries and currencies. So their intercompany activity is high churn, high volume, complex currencies. Uh, but that doesn't say, that doesn't say if you only have a couple currencies that this process wouldn't benefit. But that's the general uh, mo for a netting client. So they have significant number of subsidiaries, a lot of banking relationships, uh, a lot of foreign uh, exchange activity where participants are going out to the bank to get foreign currency uh, instead of going to the central uh, netting center. And then they also uh, could keep a high volume of cash uh, at the local subsidiary banks. So, Mark, thanks again for being on the on the show and um, going through the netting process with us. What what were some of the challenges you experienced before you implemented netting to help your organization? Uh, thanks, Carrie. It's great to be here. Uh, we had some very high payment uh, volumes and numbers of transactions going through the system. As Craig mentioned, uh, we had uh, up to ninety thousand transactions per month per netting cycle and trying to transact those outside of uh, a netting uh, results in very high bank fees uh, as well as the, the risk that something goes wrong when you're making physical transmission of cash and this in itself feeds through to inefficient use of resources uh, particularly on the cash application side when you're trying to clear off the A, P and AR ledgers uh, and there's more there's more errors when you're uh, making large numbers of uh, of transactions. Uh, another area which can lead to issues, uh, depending on the country's concerned, is uh, uh, legal compliance and potential uh, tax liabilities that can can come about through incorrectly applied invoices and uh, FX uh, transactional costs. Are significant. One of the major benefits we've been able to achieve using uh, settlement on the in-house bank is we don't actually need to do uh, FX transactions at all for, to affect the netting. We do those as a, as a separate process for our multi-currency notional pool. You just recently implementing multilateral netting. Can you share some of your experiences with us? Certainly. Uh, it's, it's very important before you embark on a process like this that you involve all the important participants in the process. And, and that, just, that doesn't just mean the, the entities that are going to have their transactions settled within the netting. It also means the associated uh, support sectors of the business, such as uh, accounting, tax and legal, to make sure their input is considered before you proceed. That's especially important when it comes to thinking about countries where netting may need to be in compliance with local laws and regulations or can expose you to tax issues if it's not done properly. As with any project, uh, it's important to make sure 
the, the timeline is clearly set out that the uh, roles are assigned to the correct people. Uh, everyone knows what they're supposed to do. That there's a, a clear roadmap. You know how long it's going to take, uh, and uh, make sure you have a, a strong project manager so you stick to the deadlines and the due dates uh, when implementation is going to take place. Insofar as possible, every entity should be following the same process. But we have a little bit of diversity within uh, diversity, and that results from different ERP systems being used. But within that uh, constraint of how much consistency you can apply across the whole company, we have a process that is essentially the same for every entity. Uh, integration with your uh, ERP system is important because you want to minimize the amount of manual processes. So on a, on a payables-based system, that typically means making sure you have uh, a good AR reconciliation cash application tool so that you can clear off the uh, receivables from your ledger. Uh, one of the one of the nice things about netting this this netting system is you don't have to implement it for everyone at the same time. You can start with a core group of however many entities you want and, and add new entities as and when they're ready to do it. Uh, netting generates a lot of savings to, to the group overall and to the subsidiaries uh, participating. Uh, it's also recommended, or I would recommend, that you involve a professional consultancy to help you set up the uh, the, the netting system, it'll uh, it'll pay itself back many times over through the time savings and efficient implementation. Yeah, always good to have a third party, um, especially when you're busy doing your day-to-day -day job. That's for sure. How did you make some of the key decisions when you were starting out, such as whether to do payables or receivables-based netting, and how did you pick your netting center location? Uh, thanks. These are very important considerations that you need to make a decision on before you start implementing. Uh, Payables-based versus receivables-based is a particularly important consideration. Uh, for, we had initially considered implementing receivables-based because that enables you to clear more of your intercompany invoices during any given cycle. But from a practical consideration, payables-based is uh, was simpler in our case to implement. Most netting centers are run on a payable basis. It's a simple and effective uh, way of reducing the cost of making external payments. Uh, the payer typically has the, the option of blocking invoices they don't want to pay. And this can lead to some aging of the intercompany ledger. But with internal discipline, you can still resolve most of those issues within the netting system. With respect to the choice of location for the netting center, we, we have a long established in-house bank in the Netherlands, which is also managing the cash pool. And this made it the, the natural and logical choice for the netting center. So this wasn't something we needed to take a lot of time on. Uh, other companies might, might want to consider the uh, particularly the uh, the tax and legal issues that may result from having the netting center in a particular location. But I would say if you already have an in-house bank 
or a, a, a currency pool, then it's likely you'll put the netting center in the same entity. That definitely makes sense. Mark, what were some of the benefits that were realized as a result of implementing netting? We had two very significant benefits. One of them Craig mentioned earlier in his comments, and that's the ability to reduce a vast number of transactions down to one per entity. So this is not just the settlement itself, because the settlement on the netting is always one payment or one receipt per entity. This is the transactions themselves. In, in diversity, we have a number of entities who make thousands of payments to the same entity. So it will be entity A paying 5,000 invoices to entity B. And that's an ideal candidate for consolidation and just entering summary level transactions in the netting. Uh, Craig made us a very nice macro to simplify and make very easy that process of loading, of consolidating all those entries into one and loading it simply into the netting system. Uh, another benefit, which is uh, very, very important to us, was uh, a great reduction in fees compared with our, our prior process. So we're saving around uh, $15,000 from using the Kariva netting process. That's definitely significant. <laughs> Now, with your netting, it can be settled either internally or require an external payment. Were you able to settle all your entities on an internal basis? Almost all of them. We have around 55 participants in our netting system. And 51 of them, in fact, are able to settle on the in-house bank. So that leaves just four where we're having to make physical payments. Uh, those countries are Mexico, Taiwan, Singapore, and China, which for for various reasons, uh, are unable to to settle directly on the in-house bank. But Kariba also supports the creation of the payment or receipt uh, resulting from the netting, which is uh, also a very nice synergy that you don't need to to take the result of the netting and then put it into a, a separate system. It's all seamlessly integrated within the same process. We are reviewing the non-participating entities uh, to see if we can increase the number of countries that, that participate. Very, very often there's countries like uh, Turkey, for example, or Russia, where we determined a number of years ago that they weren't able to be included within the netting process. But legislation changes and quite often countries are able to participate. And this type of implementation is also an excellent opportunity to revisit that and determine whether or not the countries can be included. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, definitely a good reason to reach back out with them. So hopefully you can get it all streamlined so you have everything going through one process for sure. Craig, I'm curious, what would be key decisions that you would need to be looking at if you were going to start a multilateral netting program? Yeah, sure. Uh, if a company is interested in establishing a netting program, you should initially focus on four important areas. And as Mark mentioned, involve the right resources up front. Uh, so those four areas would be tax and legal, uh, technology, the overall structure of the netting uh, center, and then operational decisions. So from a tax and legal perspective, you want to involve the tax and legal uh, teams into the project early in the process because they need to evaluate whether or not uh, certain countries can participate 
based on their level of knowledge of each local area. Uh, they'll also be a guiding uh, decision maker in terms of whether or not a, a participant can settle internally or externally. And the tax will definitely drive uh, the location of the netting center based on av advantageous tax rules uh, of that location. And then the final decision from a tax and legal standpoint, and this will be uh, likely driven by the location of the netting center, but you need to determine a functional currency of the center. And that currency will be the driving force for all your settlements. Uh, and then from a technology standpoint, um, tech, technology is definitely an enabler to the netting process. You need the right piece of software to uh, pull off uh, running a netting center. So if you don't have that technology in-house today, you would have to gather your business requirements, uh, evaluate potential netting system vendors, and then finally, based on your analysis and requirements, you would perform a final vendor selection uh, and then an implementation partner to move forward with that, uh, that new structure. And then the other two concerns would be uh, structural and uh, operational. So from a structural standpoint, I need to decide on the netting driver. So what that means is whether it's gonna be a payables-based or receivables-based system. Uh, I also need to decide whether or not I'm gonna allow third, party, uh, third parties to participate or if it's strictly gonna be my internal participants. And then finally, I want to you know, wrap up the final decisions on participants, location, functional currency for all the participants has to be determined as well. And then operationally, you just want to focus on what's the netting calendar. Am I going to run a monthly program? What are some of my cutoff dates? Uh, I need to establish settlement accounts, whether those are physical accounts or internal. I need to decide if there's any restricted currencies. Um, another key decision is whether or not disputes will be managed in the netting software or externally. So most netting packages have uh, a license fee per user. So this decision whether or not disputes are managed internally or externally from the software is a big one because if you decide to manage it internally, each one of those users would have to have uh, a set license with that provider. So those are the four key areas uh, once, once you're first starting. Oh, that's very helpful. And Craig, I know you've implemented netting and with many of our clients across the board. Mark mentioned some of the benefits of implementing a netting program. What would you say overall what you've seen from our clients would be the benefits of implementing netting? Yeah, the, so the top ones uh, would fall into, again, four categories. But for many treasurers, the efficiency gains alone are significant and can justify implementing a netting program alone. Uh, but there's other uh, key benefits, which are netting is going to provide a robust uh, audible tool. So I'm going to go back and see what happened each month. I'll have it on record. I'll have how uh, significant tax treatment risk uh, can be audited, external audit compliance risk. And it improves accounting's ability to clearly reconcile and clear intercompany balances a lot quicker when netting is implemented. And then Mark mentioned this, but there is an aspect where by reducing those physical intercompany payments, in turn, it's going to lower your bank fees. And if you're routing these intercompany net settlements through a single uh, legal entity, the impact is much greater uh, than the current situation where you're sending out all these physical payments. And then finally, you're going to reduce FX transaction volumes because the netting center is going to handle all the FX requirements. And we've mentioned this a few times, but the physical settlements are greatly reduced. 
And it really becomes enhanced if you integrate an in-house bank structure within your netting program, because then it's going to extend to your, your existing uh, IHB structure or in-house bank structure. Great. No, those are definitely um, excellent benefits if, if you are considering implementing netting in your organization. Craig and Mark, thank you for all your insights that you've provided today. I think we have a really good overview of netting, and I think that's all we have time for. Thanks again for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Actualizing Success. Make sure to visit us online at www.actualizedconsulting.com where you can explore our service offerings. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or your preferred platform. If you've enjoyed what we talked about today, please consider leaving a review and following us on LinkedIn. Please send us a note at podcast at actualizedconsulting.com. We look forward to hearing from you.